Restoration Counseling Podcast. It's not for therapists, it's for everybody. I'm your host, professional counselor, Jared Pogue. Not everybody needs counseling, but certainly everybody needs a little help every now and then. Well, thank you for joining me for day two uh, of this uh, five-day, five-part series. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, I really appreciate being able to um, uh, talk with you today, and I really appreciate you for for listening and and hearing what I have to say on uh, this subject. Uh, If you missed yesterday's series uh, episode, I'll let you know that these can be listened to separately, and that's not much of a problem, but I... uh, it wouldn't hurt to listen to the other parts as well, but if you're just here for the um, one episode, that's completely fine too. These can be listened in isolation um, and don't necessarily need to be connected or listened to in order. With that said, I think you'll find a lot of great things um, in those other episodes. So, uh, this episode on anxiety should be going up. Uh, I think the second day, so um, sometime uh, right after the depression episode, I believe it will be uh, going up. So uh, if you missed the last uh, introduction, uh, essentially I'll be talking about um, helping your child in their struggles with mental health. Uh, Today's episode is going to be on anxiety. We live in anxiety-provoking times. As a parent, you do not need me to tell you that. If we hold your children aside for a second and we look at just yourself, we see pressure upon pressure upon pressure upon pressure upon pressure to live carefree, right? All these things you have to do to not feel stressed uh, is incredibly overwhelming. Um, This is just as an individual. Uh, It often becomes no surprise why people choose not to have kids. It's very understandable because it's hard enough just to manage your own life, much more managing the life of uh, someone who is 100% dependent on you. And the more and more we discover scientifically, the more and more we have to worry about. There's something to be said about ignorance. There is something to be said about not knowing at all. Um, Because if you're unaware of the threat, You got nothing to be worried about, right? So anxiety has crept up into our children. Uh, In my office, I see this a lot. Out on the street, I see this even more. Uh, On the street, I think we mask it. We use new terms around it, things like that. But um, the real anxiety, I do think we see in the house. And you see this all the time from kids who don't want to sleep in their bed, who can't sleep in their room anymore, um, that uh, don't want to uh, um, go downstairs because it's too scary or maybe some more extreme things. They won't go to the bathroom because of a fear or um, they are uh, very, very in, quickly in and out of the bathroom. Um, in older kids, you see this way more. High school and middle school are huge areas for anxiety, particularly social anxiety. Every move you make, every piece of clothing you wear, everything you post online, every thought that you have and share, everything is an opportunity to be anxious if you want to look at it that way. So I have a real heart for people that are in uh, middle school and high school because the pressures are... Um, Unending. There is no escape between group chats and social media. It does not stop. Um, it's a real travesty. And uh, the worst part is, is there is 
only so much as parents we can do particularly for that age group. So as you begin to notice your child's anxiety climb higher and higher and social anxiety climb higher and higher, be aware that it could be masked with something else. Stomach pains, for example, not wanting to go to school for um, basically what seems like no reason are signs that their anxiety has increased for one reason or another. In the 21st century now, being parents, I think we have a couple of, uh, well, in this case, three things I want to be aware of and drawing your attention to. So as you're helping your child with their anxiety, I I really do imagine that uh, initially you'll walk in with compassion, but after that initial compassion, uh, things begin to happen. And I want to draw this in uh, to your attention on how to help your child that's dealing with anxiety. And I want to start and focus specifically on you in uh, these three areas. So number one, Be aware of compassion fatigue. Um, I always like this term. I think it's really, really interesting, and it really shows this idea that compassion is like a muscle. Um, We have to work it out to get stronger, and we have to take uh, steps away uh, and and rest, as it were. We can't be compassionate about everything in the world, or else we will inevitably face compassion fatigue. With your child, he may be crying for the hundredth time um, over not wanting to go to school or over not uh, uh, having a stomach ache or uh, not wanting to sleep in his own bed, things like that. This gets draining as a parent incredibly quickly. The first couple of times, it's easy to snuggle. It's easy to hold hands. It's easier. To, it's very easy to um, show empathy and, and pity and things like that. Every time after the third or fourth time is infuriating. Your only thought is just get over it. Just get over it. Just get over it. Um, That's a sign of what we're going to call compassion fatigue. Again, uh, I really, really encourage you to be aware that this is going on. If you feel that way, that's completely normal. I would encourage you to take a step out, let that vent, get it out of your system somewhere else, uh, and come back and, and meet your child with compassion sort of as you heard in the last episode on depression start asking questions hear what's underneath the anxiety there's always something underneath the anxiety uh number two i want to sort of help cultivate awareness be aware of your child's belief about himself as your child's dealing with anxiety yes it's about the bully at school or the um pressure of not wearing the right clothes or, or something like that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a hotbed right there. But typically there's something underneath that. What's the child's belief about himself? Is it that he's worthless or unfunny or unlovable or um, he truly believes that he is a failure? I'm looking for those and, and, and you need to be looking for those as you hear the language of anxiety because what you're going to hear at first is, I don't want to sleep in my bed. What he's really saying is, I don't want to lose you. I want security. Please reassure me. That's so understandable in this world that we need, we need that. It's amazing how the anxiety of children sounds just like the anxiety of adults when you get to that level. So look for your child's belief. Look what's underneath the presenting issue. Um, Finally, number three, this is sort of a a curveball in here, which you may not expect. Be aware of manipulation by your child. I'm all for compassion. I'm all for taking it easy. I'm also aware that 
children aren't perfect. Uh, they're people. They're going to take advantage of a situation. So for some of you out there, I really want to emphasize the some, a child's going to have an easier time getting what they want simply by manipulating you. Yes, situations are hard and we need to be patient and we need to be compassionate, but we also have to put work in too. We also have to move forward. We also have to find ways to uh, confront and overcome. Uh, so sometimes a child can use anxiety so they can be in front of Fortnite for a little while. Um, sometimes they may use uh, these problems and uh, fake some of these things for lack of better terms. Am I saying all of the times they're faking? Of course not. It's going to depend so much on the child. I can't even give you a number of times more or less. But be aware, what are they doing after the anxiety has subsided? Are they with you and happy and, and, and enjoying your company and needing a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one time? That probably means the anxiety is pretty real. Are they immediately ignoring you and jumping right to the Fortnite um, or something like that? Okay, that to me raises a pretty big red flag. So keep that in mind as you move forward with this. Um, the worst part is, is, is they're often intertwined. You're going to find someone who has anxiety also likes to play video games, and that's okay, and that's understandable. That's what happens sometimes. And for some kids, that's definitely one of their uh, places where they're free from anxiety. I would be aware of that. I would definitely keep an eye on that, and I would definitely engage that conversation state it with them. Hey, I noticed that when you get really scared and, and, and worried about something, you go to games. That's good sometimes. We do got to um, take breaks from our stressors. But is it really solving the problem? This is an opportunity to help your child embrace what's causing their anxiety. Is it they're not wearing the right clothes? Maybe they can learn how to dress more stylishly. Um, Honestly, that will do a lot in today's society, and you don't even necessarily have to buy new things. You just have to learn how to accessorize better, throwing that out there, um, or to theme outfits. Is it not being funny enough um, or, or, or not being witty or, or something? There's ways your child can learn how to have social skills a little better. Uh, I really encourage practical homework, things that they can do to... Uh, improve that. Often being a part of clubs or groups or any sort of socialization, I find that can come a little bit more naturally, but there are specialized socializing groups for certain kids out there. Um, I could talk on that particular part of the subject all day. I don't want to overhit it because I think people are too quick to jump to the manipulation um, and just assume that their child is lying. I, I don't want you to take that from this, but I do want you to be aware that it is likely um, a thing that will happen every now and again with someone who suffers from anxiety um, because it gets them what they want sometimes and that's to get away uh, and to, to go somewhere that's comfortable. That's very understandable uh, and we have to be aware of that and patient with that as parents and know that it is a part of the process. Uh, well, thank you for uh, uh, joining me again today uh, on this topic about uh, helping your child's uh, struggles with anxiety. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be moving on to what we're going to call um, bad behavior. I think that's a, a great term just to sort of encapsulate a few things. Uh, I've got a lot to say on this. Uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be one of the more uh, listened to episodes because uh, what parent is not dealing with their child's bad behavior? Some of us are definitely dealing with it worse than others or in a more extreme. And I look forward to being able to talk about it with you. Uh, until then, have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. 
thank you for listening to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. The Restoration Counseling Podcast is a product of Restoration Counseling of Atlanta, a provider of professional counseling services in the greater metro Atlanta area. If you are interested in pursuing any of our services, if you would like to contact Jared about the podcast, or if you have a notable mental health story that you'd like to share to help inspire others, uh, please reach out to us at info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Again, that is info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Thank you.